You're listening to Black Humboldt's new podcast, Black Aesthetic. And we're celebrating our love for Black arts and culture within Humboldt County. What up? This Queen D rocking this body from East Coast to Humboldt. Woo! Hey, this is Dwar, healing souls on the streets. K.M. Ross, popping shots, killing things, and making stuff. Hey, hey, it's your girl, Mo. Mom artist extraordinaire. Baby, baby. The Black person is the protagonist in most of my paintings. I realized that I didn't see many paintings with Black people in them. Jean-Michel Basquiat. This week, we're featuring Brittany Wright and how she exists in Humboldt County. What's up, everybody? We have Brittany Wright in the building. Hey, hey, girl. Yo, what's up, y'all? Brittany Wright is a graduate of Humboldt State University and majoring in French and Francophone studies. But ultimately, we have her on, a, on the show because she is a bomb dancer, choreographer, and we want to hear a little bit more about Francophone studies. But Brittany also is a local artist who has performed locally in theater and in dance in Humboldt County. What's up, Britt? What is good, Brittany? Yo, what's up? So can you just tell us about your art, just in general? Um, I came up from Southern California, as most um, people that are in this area, not all, but a lot. And um, down in Southern California, I began dancing like at a young age, but not professionally, like not taking classes and stuff, just like, you know, with friends and, and family and stuff. And then in high school, I tried out for a dance team and um, I was chosen to be part of the dance team. And then I was part of it for the last like three years of high school. And um, that was really when I found that dance was something that I wanted to stick with and I wanted it to be in my life. And then um, I came up to Humboldt State and I feel that I got into Humboldt because of the major that I chose because the department is so small. But um, I was also interested in their dance department. So I took dance classes and kind of expanded my dance experience while I was here. And um, also I like to sing a lot. I sang in choirs growing up in like church and stuff. And um, it was always something that I wanted to do, but I never really realized how important it was to me until I um, came to Humboldt County and I was here by myself, like away from family and friends that I grew up with and um, kind of away from the community, the church community that I grew up with. And that really um, kind of started to take a toll on me in a way that I didn't think that it would. So, um, by chance, a friend of mine was joining a, a new choir in Humboldt County. And um, it was explained to me that it was gonna be a person of color emphasized choir. So only people of color, black people and other people of color would be part of the choir. And um, it sounded really exciting to me. At first it didn't really work with my work schedule, but um, eventually I was able to um, finesse going to practices and things like that. And we have performed in the community 
um, things have gotten really interesting with um, COVID. And so I haven't really been as active in the choir um, for health and personal reasons, but the name of the choir is the Healing and Compassion um, Singers. And um, for short, they, they call it the HC Singers. And that's probably most likely how you'll hear them referred to out in the community. I totally didn't even shout you out on singing. I remember how beautiful your voice is. <laughs> and you sing on Shelly's um, Revenge of the Artists. Mm. So I'm like, yes. I'm like, oh, dang, Brittany can sing, though. <laughs> did y'all perform at Martin Luther King Day celebration? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I did see you okay. there. Uh-huh. Yeah, and you yeah. were stomping. Yes, that was fine. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, that was the first time that I had performed with the HC Choir as, as a group. So that was um a lot of fun. And honestly, that was the first, like, sort of group performance that I had done, like even including dance in about a year or two, maybe. So it was, it was really a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. I saw a lot of cool vendors there. A lot of people that I knew already in the community that I hadn't seen in a while. It was really cool. Yeah. I was going to talk about acting because I don't really have a lot of experience acting. I've been in two plays where I was kind of just a background character. I was in the chorus. And then um, there was a play that um, Shelly, who you guys interviewed, um, she was going to direct a play called Intimate Apparel, which you guys talked about. And I was going to play the lead character, which would have been the first time that I played a lead. So I was really excited about that. But um, COVID just kind of came crashing in and knocking doors in and fucked everything up so listen i'm not trying to be here redundant or anything we talked about it on the other episode can you (laughs) tell us how you feel as an artist about intimate apparel attempting to be mounted as a production at a local theater i feel like it says a lot but like uh, i don't even like this second time i kind of want to give them like a little bit of like you know Cause like nobody was planning for the b- a pandemic, but that first time though, man, that was rough. Um, yeah, I feel like um, it's very interesting that that was kind of like that was gonna be the black-centered play of that. Um, like string of plays, like how they have their like seasons, like their play seasons. That was going to be the, the the black play of that one. And then that didn't happen. And it was also the point in time in which the play was supposed to happen was also a weird point in time because it was during the summer, which is um, the time when a lot of students and people in general just leave Humboldt County because they can. And um so it made it more difficult for Shelly to find a black male lead. And um, yeah, they decided to um, try to make up for it this year. Unfortunately, that didn't happen. But I feel like kind of how um, Deanna and Shelly talked about how they kind of just like feel like we should get some type of compensation for the time that we put into it because... We were going 
for that first run, like it felt like two months. We were getting so close to opening. We were like a month away from opening maybe. And going there every day, like I would go like right after work, go there and then be there until like 9.30, 10 at night. And then for it to just not happen, it's just super disappointing. On top of the fact that it would have been my my first lead role. Mo, what do you think about that? I was actually just about to ask, like, you you were you like started this conversation by saying you're not an actor, and then like said this is your first lead role. So I'm like, are you like just are you feeling discouraged because you didn't like get that? Yeah, like is this imposter syndrome going on? Like, yeah. like you know, it's like so you are an actress, but maybe you're like, was that like the only thing you really had going on for theater? Had it been a while? I don't know, like. That's what I'm picking up on. But I do um, think you should be paid for your time, by the way. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, but whether, yeah. the show, whether the show was mounted or not. Exactly. Because they should have hired y'all not based on ticket sales or, you know, whatever. But I, that ain't me, I guess. I don't work there. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> the situation is between. But yeah, are you feeling discouraged um, in your acting and even moving forward as like a performative artist, like how are you feeling about your future with COVID and canceled shows, et cetera? So, yeah, I shouldn't say that I'm not an actress because I, Brittany Wright, am an actress. I don't necessarily feel discouraged to um, not continue to try to be an actress as of now. I did in the past because um, we're just, you know, in this predominantly white space where we get these very few chances to showcase ourselves. And it's always, you know, kind of in these cookie cutter cutouts, sort of. But um, as of now, like, I feel like if there was an opportunity to arise that I could go into it now with more confidence because I've already, I've already been at that point I already started memorizing so many lines I feel like I feel like I could do it now um as an artist I feel like right now with all the social distancing and everything being closed I feel like it's just pushing me to do things more virtually now but it's it's not really discouraging me um it's really encouraging me to work on my own projects sort of things that I want to do. So tell us about some of those projects you got going then. So um, (laughs) I'm working on some music. As of right now, I've only recorded covers, but I want to get to a point where I'm actually writing music. Um, I actually have began making my own beats. Yes, Queen, you best. So I'm playing around with that and I'm hoping to get some music out soon, honestly. I'm not sure how soon, but um, I'm starting to tap into that resource. And also I've been moving a lot more recently at the beginning of the whole quarantine and everything. I felt um, I felt really motivated and then it got to a sort of point where I felt just trapped you know, as most people are probably feeling right now. And I kind of went into a little depression 
And I had to just take a moment to decompress, breathe. I got a yoga mat. And now I'm determined to choreograph. And I could end up teaching that choreography or it could just be for myself to just like whenever I need to just um, blow off some steam. You should probably teach the choreography to at least one other person uh, so that when y'all are in public and the song comes on, y'all know what to do. We got a little music pop up. Yup. Nobody else would know what to do. Just be out They'll there. be like, hey, uh, hey, yeah, hey. Probably be like, okay, <laughs> we vibed. <laughs> That'd be dope, honestly. For a minute there, uh, I was thinking that maybe me and Deanna were going to have a chance to work with each other like a little bit more consistently. So Deanna and I had collabed for a hip-hop Afro beat um, dance that we had taught for Deanna's um, No Hala Body um, dance class. And um, was it not, was it not, were they not connected? No, or it was, was it's just, it's just oh, okay. like hearing the name is like, dang, I had, I had put the baby away. So yeah, oh. <laughs> Our, another one of me and D's babies. I feel like I was like so oh. caught up in everything that happened with No Hala Body. And then I was like, oh, it's gone. Okay, bye. Oh. Yo, Mo, Mo was Mo was definitely sad when I was like, I'm putting the baby away. And she was like, I did all that work. <laughs> it was also just nice to be like, it exists. It's for us. Who cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the D's like, I'm busting my ass. What do you mean it's for us? Who cares? <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, you you're right. This isn't for our liberation. <laughs> this is for D's pockets. <laughs> yeah. I would have went to that class. I'm pretty sure... Yeah, it was popping. It was popping. The time that we actually did get to spend on it. That's yeah. I do miss that space. Just like you say, you might just choreograph for yourself. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I grew up dancing and like, you know, making your little dances in the mirror with your cousins and y'all are fly and you got your little choreography and, and even just being at a dance studio and having long nights, joking, (laughs) rehearsing. Like I miss that and even being in theater too like the long nights of rehearsal it's a pain in the ass and it's fucking tiring it's hard work but like I think back of some memories and friendships I had from performances and like just rehearsal memories I'm like those were the times man like we were having fun enjoying ourselves being fit dancing every day (laughs) like (laughs) sweating feeling good you know yeah Yeah, for real. So what we were doing was a combination of hip hop and Afrobeat. And it was like, it was really fast movement. It was a lot of fun, but it was really fast. I feel like it was, (laughs) I feel like it was almost a cardio workout, but, um, I don't remember which of us found the song. I think it was Deanna. Deanna found a song um, that was like an Afrobeat remix of Say My Name by Destiny's Child. Yeah, it was the Afrobeat version of the song, which was, it was intense, but it was a lot of fun. All right. Do you feel like Black artists are commissioned and or hired enough in Humboldt County? And if so, are they paid well? As you um, deal with your time not being coming. 
Um, I'm going to have to say no that Black people or even people of color don't really have the opportunity to showcase their talent in like plays, shows in Humboldt County just for the simple fact that it's predominantly white. So there's like a palette. There's like a taste buds is the word that's coming to mind. I guess like there's like a sort of, um, there's like a style and a vibe and a sort of dynamic Humboldt that I feel like the white people look for out here. And you have to, like you have to meet that criteria so to speak I so i don't know i feel like white people don't want it huh i call it the twilight zone it's the twilight zone yeah where like white people try to the humbled white people not all but they can have this sort of like hippie-ish vibe where it's like you know love everybody but at the same time there's like this extremely passive passive aggression that's almost hard to put your finger on sometimes. And I feel like for that reason, that's why you don't really see that many black people or people of color doing like performances around here. Cause that's not what white people want to see. Well, really, hard white people want to see everything. They want to see black stuff. They want to learn about black culture. They just don't want to see black bodies doing it. Right. Especially <laughs> Humboldt County loves black content. African dance classes, African drum classes. There ain't not even a black person, not even a, a quarter of an eighth of a black person in the room. So it's like, Mo, you pulling out the brown paper bag test? I just said, I mean, like, if you could be see through for all I care, if you could come and at least be like, this is the knowledge I have behind like African dance and African drum, then at least I can like kind of fuck with it. But these people literally just be like, okay, we brought a hide-covered drum. Who's ready? Like, <laughs> no input. Like, we were just talking to Emily that these, like, white students weren't prepared to learn, like, the cultural significance that went alongside mm-hmm. African dance, but they were so eager to, like, you know, take an easy class, quote-unquote, and, you know, take African dance. But that's that weird... That's the weirdness you're feeling. Or that like weird. the twerk class, the twerk class where she can't even move her hips, right? Is your pelvic bone stuck? Do you need some oil in there like the Tin Man? <laughs> you know, we want all that. That's why they got, what's it called? Booty yoga now. Which is like, you what? listen to rap music and like do a bunch of like lower leg exercises slash stretches in a yoga class and it's booty uh, yoga. Because uh, we hit and we cool and hip hop is so the perfect tool for all white uh, capitalism. <laughs> Bro, I stop. To, I went to a booty yoga class at Health Sport and I was like, what the? I mean, that was nice when I heard Beyonce, but I just was like, I'm not about to bop to this in this space with all these white bodies. Like, nah. I had that thought too somewhere where I was like in a space and I was like, oh, this is lit. I love this space. I'm feeling at home. It was playing hip hop. At a, at a good, you know, level. It was cool. It was relaxing. But then I started thinking, I'm like, what do white people be thinking sitting up in here? Like, what goes through their head? Like, are they feeling, like, weird? Or are they like, oh, this is me too. Like, yo, nigga. Like, <laughs> Probably the second one. So I was like, this is great for me. I'm having a great time. But then I'm like, let's think about the, like, the who's predominantly in this space. 
while exists while it exists in Humboldt. Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like that's something that we're just always subject to. Like we're I mean, if you acknowledge it, like you don't have to feel vulnerable about it. But um that's just that's just the experience. So I want to know a little bit more about the francophones. And I don't I'll even know what that means. <laughs> School <laughs> us on that, please. School us. And also, I want to know about your experience uh, in the dance department, you know, because that's, that's something you really wanted to have formal training in. And as a black body seeking formal training, how, how was that on your, that, how did that affect your artistry? So, you know, let's talk about a little bit about HSU. Yeah. Okay. Well, Francophone studies is the study of countries and cultures that were colonized by France. So, um, a lot of West Africa. That's my people. Um, Mm-hmm. by France. Okay. You're in Haiti? Okay, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Um, my people are from Senegal, and actually... Hey, um, West Africa is in the yeah, building. Like, what is going on? <laughs> hey, fam? Hey. So, uh, Professor Joseph Dieme at HSU... Um, yeah, he hosted a pilot program to Senegal in 2017. And that was actually a power struggle <laughs> um, that he had to face because in, I think, I came up here in 2012. I met him in 2012. He was my advisor. I knew him the entire time, my career at HSU. And um, he told me about this his idea to take a group of students to Senegal, I think in 2013 is when the first time he told me about it. And then he was going to try to make it happen in 2016. And we talked about it for a few years. And every time we talked about it, he was saying how he was having some trouble um, because it was like some kind of like bureaucratic issues where long story short, they didn't want him to do the trip. And um, it was a lot of back and forth for him. He had a um, he had to kind of like get people on his side and kind of campaign for this for a few years before it was finally he was finally given the okay and approval for it. And we went in 2017. It was supposed to happen in 2016, but. Um, after all the runaround, some students ended up dropping and there weren't enough people to go on the trip. But yeah, it ended up happening a year later. So that was good. And um, just seeing the way that that played out was just already kind of like, okay, yeah, obviously they're like, obviously this is like a racial issue because Joseph, he like, first off, he's like one of <laughs> how many black professors at HSU? I don't, Feel like it probably can on my hand, and yeah, I think there's only about six or seven. Yeah, let's do the count real quick. Javon Dempster, mm, Ramona Bell, 
Ramona Bell. Joseph, Jimmy. Um, I know no one, so I can't help this list. <laughs> um, I mean, there's probably more that I, I don't know about, honestly, but those are like the three people that I know about that I've actually met. Did you go there and for four years? On camp. Or, hmm? Did you go there for four years? I went for six. So that's even worse. Out of the six years you went to the university, <laughs> you knew three black professors. Yeah. Yeah. They need to get me in there. So, yeah. I'm like, we all educators. If you listen in. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, that was that. Is there is mm-hmm. there so y'all went though. Yeah, we went and um while we were there, we learned a lot. There's so much that I feel like I I could write a book. I actually did contemplate writing a book. It is still on the back of my mind. I ha- I had a journal that I tried to keep um I'll write book while Always I was there. Write the book. <laughs> I'm going to write the book. Write the book. I'm going to write the book. You know what? I'm going to write it. You can even like a, comp- a compile of short stories or something like always uh-huh. write the book and then that's your experience like logged forever okay you know what mo just she just convinced me i'm gonna write the book y'all i'm gonna do it <laughs> yeah because honestly trying to just explain it in like a brief like blurb like this is how my trip was is really difficult because there were so many i feel like Every day there was like a layer of myself that got peeled back to learn something new about myself and about like the world. And it's so much easier to understand. I don't want to say it's so much easier to understand. I'm not a philosopher. It was eye opening for me to leave the States and then like look back on the States and reflect and see like how my experience was here versus there. Because going there, like there's just black people, like you get off the plane and like, as far as the eye can see, black people. I thought it was so amazing. Like, and you know, sometimes I feel like I romanticize it maybe a little bit too much, but that feeling right there, it was just like overwhelmingly comforting. My African dance teacher in Baltimore uh, that I used to take, Naizu, uh, he used to always be like, Sabon? And we'd be like, let go. <laughs> like, that was our thing. Like, every time we would have class or rehearsals, he'd be like, c'est bon? <laughs> so that's my favorite memory of having, like, a French African dance teacher. Oh. I think Dee had asked about your experience just at the dance department there. Um. So my experience with the dance department has been kind of, like, um, it's been a love-hate relationship mostly love, but, um, I took dance classes my entire career at HSU. I took like jazz, ballet. Um, the only class I actually did not have any interest in taking was African actually. And that was weird. Can you say that again, please? Yes. Which part? All of it? Why, Why didn't you take that class? Oh, I did not take the African dance class because it was taught by a white woman. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. (laughs) 
I didn't take that African class because it was taught by a white woman. Oh, you don't say. So, yeah. And I had always felt weird about it. You know, honestly, I felt like maybe I'm just an asshole because like, you know, it was like one of the one dance classes that I was just like, what else is there? Oh, they got they got martial arts. But can I just say real quick, like that is so important. There was a teacher at Del Arte teaching dance, having us go across the floor. And, you know, that's a normal thing to do. Do the floor. Off Uh beat. Off beat. I had to look. So am I supposed to (laughs) learn how to dance off beat? Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no, that's bad. That's bad. I wouldn't know what to do. I guess, uh, go to the beat of my own drum. I got, I don't know. Like, yeah. (laughs) But, um, I had always thought that that was interesting and I was surprised to to hear when we went to, um, the, the breakfast, lunch, brunch, um, with, the other friends a few weeks ago and Emily said that she taught West African dance at HSU. And I was just thinking, Oh, where have you been? Like, where were you at when I was at HSU? Cause like, yeah, I think it's so wild that it took, it took us what coming into 2020 for HSU to get a black West African dance teacher or she said that she started in the spring, correct? Or that's, I think that's what she told me. Or maybe, yeah. But I think that that's crazy. <clears throat> but um, Speaking of West African dance, one of my favorite, since you took Francophone Studies, one of mm-hmm. my favorite, favorite dances from Senegal, Sabah. Okay, like, yeah. Okay. Like how, oh my God. How, cool, how cool would it be if Joseph um, would have, had coordinated or been able to like fuse his teaching with an African dance teacher who knows Sabah. He did. Oh yeah, he took did a Sabah it? class out there. Yeah. Oh, but you did it there, like that. Yeah, we did it there. Be, that needs. To oh be yeah, like if yeah, with a black teacher here, like it is beautiful to go home to the motherland. Like I'm not saying yeah. we need to go home to the motherland. Like we need to be making that trip as much as possible. But while we are here and existing here in Humboldt, Sabah needs to be taught by a black teacher here. Okay, you giving me ideas. I might have to hit up Joseph. Because honestly, we have been still corresponding. And that's another thing that I'm kind of working on right now too, um, that I need to dig further into in my job because I'm working at HSU in sponsored programs right now. And Joseph and I were kind of talking about like if it, if we could maybe find a way that'd be possible for students to to study abroad and like study in Africa during their their academic career for either like you know on a grant. Um, so either it'd be free or like just super cheap. But that also that's that's like something that I want to talk to him about. Yeah, like now that you are graduate. Use a graduate. You was use a graduate. Like for real, for real, you can teach it. Like they could hire you as a guest lecturer mm-hmm. 
and you can teach that. And maybe it doesn't have to be something that's coordinated yeah, brush in the department. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Y'all giving me all kinds of ideas. I love, love it. it. This is what we exist it. for. We're tech. All right. Should we do like two more questions? Y'all feeling that? I think that's good. Let me get back to where I was. Okay. Um, so we've we've talked about a lot of just black people shit. It, it always seems to be political because we always end up talking about like struggling with oppression. But do you find yourself involved in like mm-hmm. activism through art? Or does activism inspire your art in any ways? Um, well, yes, I feel like kind of by default. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like as a Black person, just expressing yourself and... Um, sharing your art I just feel like as a black person that in itself is radical like that in itself is the activism like just expressing yourself and putting it out there and being like yeah this is mine like this represents what like what I'm going through my experience what I you know what whatever it may encapsulate in that moment I feel like it's just it just comes naturally like the damn Zoom so I can unmute myself. <laughs> As a Black artist in Humboldt County. Projects. Or even, maybe not even a project, but even like an artistic journey. Artistic journey. I guess just becoming um, comfortable in my own skin while I'm dancing around, um, you know, other white bodies. Even though a lot of them were my friends. Some of them did like have a sort of like intimidating vibe. You were both dancers, so you kind of you should understand like how the dance world is, how it's just like kind of catty sometimes for no reason. But um and when you know um just already feeling vulnerable vulnerable because of that and trying to overcome that. And then on top of that, being a black woman and like kind of worrying about how people are going to see me, but also like being concerned about like what I'm, what I'm learning. Like, am I looking the way the choreography choreographer wants me to look? Um, am I going the right direction? Am I facing the right direction? Did I have the right energy right there? It's, it's like all the elements of the artistry on top of being a black woman and on top of feeling vulnerable because you're putting yourself out there because it's like, it's your art. It's kind of like how no whole body was your, your babies. Like, um, like just feeling like, it's just the vulnerability of it all, just overcoming that and still, um, still putting myself out there with confidence. That's been a challenge in the past. That's something I've had to <clears throat> overcome over time. What is something that you would like to give? I mean, as cliche as it sounds, be true to yourself. 
because I mean, I took a choreography class and the, the teacher kind of picked apart everything that I wanted to do. And it was difficult for me also to teach the movement that I wanted to see on my dancers because um, I guess I have a sort of dynamic way of moving sometimes and the dancers didn't always understand what I, the way I was moving. So I would have to manipulate movement to look different and um, the teacher kind of uh, would just, she overly critiqued everybody. And I feel like at the time, because of where I was in life, I felt like I needed to appeal to that. And like, I needed to change what my vision was because it wasn't like, it wasn't gonna get me like the grade that I wanted in that class or whatever. So I'm just going to say to young artists, be true to yourself, follow your gut. That gut is that intuition, that center, that balance. <laughs> so that's my favorite memory of having like a French African dance teacher. Oh, don't okay, you say that so all the time. Can you tell everybody all your handles where they can follow you or find you? Maybe they should want to book you for something or just mm -hmm. want to follow your art. Yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at Brittany Babang. It's not, that's not what it is. Can we edit that out? That's, that's not true. <laughs> so my Venmo is B-R-I-T-N-E-Y dash W-R-I G-H-T dash two, and that is the number two. And I appreciate all and any donations, any inquiries. If anybody wants to collaborate with me, check out some of the things that I'm working on. Let me know. Thank you so much, Brittany, for being here. I really appreciate you coming yes. Being vulnerable, sharing your walk, no matter how early or veteran the stage of your existence is, being true to yourself. Mm -hmm. Thank you for being true to yourself. And yes, thank you for being here. And um, I'm glad we got to share such a rich conversation as one of our first. Yeah, right? That was pretty dope. That was pretty dope. <laughs> it ain't how you would do it if you were teaching a class. Strong. Okay. Five. Oh, huh? C'est bon. C'est bon. Five, six, seven, eight. Thanks, y'all, for listening to The Black Aesthetic. Please be sure to subscribe to this podcast and tune in every Wednesday. Follow us on all socials at Black Humboldt and check out our website at www.blackhumboldt.com. If you want to send some love and feedback, email us at blackhumboldt at gmail.com. And make sure to use the hashtag Black Humboldt Aesthetic. B-L-A-C-K-H-U-M-B-O-L-D-T-A-E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C on social media. Until next time, continue to walk in your Black excellence.